Welcome to See You on the Other Side, where the world of the mysterious collides with the world of entertainment. A discussion of art, music, movies, spirituality, the weird, and self-discovery. And now, your hosts, musicians and entertainers who have their own weakness for the weird, Mike and Wendy from the band Sunspot. I love September. I'll be honest. Oh my gosh, it has been magnificent. Yeah, May and September are pretty much the best months to be here. Yep. It's not sweltering, it's not anything, it's uh, absolutely beautiful. So it's heaven am, in Wisconsin. Yep, I am, I'm appreciating the fall. I mean, it's hard, I know sometimes people are like, summer, I love summer. And I understand, summer's great, but it's just nice to be outside. Oh, it is. You know, last weekend, actually, Saturday was the perfect day for enjoying outdoor weather, and I went to one of the local county parks to do a little hiking. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's nice. And uh, Yeah, it was gorgeous. Gorgeous Wisconsin scenery. And um, But I actually, I ended up getting lost in the woods. <laughs> so I was Oops. I was wandering around for like way longer than intended. But it was all right. I didn't mind. On a day like that, you know, it's like I can think of worse things. Absolutely. No, I, I, I agree with that. And uh, the other thing uh, that's great about it is it's the beginning of the Halloween season. Yes. And I... I'm excited about the beginning of Halloween season because now we run the Madison Ghost Walks, madisongostwalk.com, the Haunted History Tour of the Capitol Square every Friday and Saturday all the way to Halloween. It's prime time for that because people start getting way more interested in the haunting things. Yes. This time of year. Right. You know, and something that I've been having trouble, we talked about this before, but I've been trying to launch a Minnesota tour in Minneapolis, downtown Minneapolis. You know, Which what, is exciting, something new. It is exciting and something new, but I'm dying to try to find guides here. Oh, okay. So you're looking for um, like actor type people or uh, like... Yeah, dramatic t- type people who will sit there uh, and want to make money for talking about ghosts for two hours on a Friday and Saturday. Fun. I wish I could do it, Mike. It, I, Wendy, I wish you could do it too. But I think I, I think I'd have fun doing that. I, I mean, think get to meet all all kinds of people and it is. No, I did it myself for a couple of years and it was really great. Anyway, um, I've got I'm meeting a couple more people and run through the tour this weekend. I went I went last weekend and it was a bust. Like I'm a, sorry, that's terrible. It's okay. I mean, I made a bus trip up to the Twin Cities and everything to go. And like, ouch, that's a long bus ride too. Oh man, five hours and then I get there and. Uh, you know, I start talking to the, and I realized, number one, not theatrical. Number two, too weird. Like one of the guys like, you know, there's a hidden city under the real city. And well, what I, if he's right? That'd be cool. Okay, that would be cool. Except he's like, I have to sleep there sometimes. Oh, I thought you were going to say he was like, I have the key. <laughs> no, it was like, Aww. okay, well then I guess you need this job. But I, I mean, he just, he was a little crazy and a jerk. Like, I wouldn't want people to pay and talk to a guy that was a total jerk. Like, I don't know if you can be, you can't be really a jerk to the people on the tour. No, of course not. But okay, so if you're, uh, if you live in Minneapolis, St. Paul, you're not a jerk and you're interested in giving tour guides about yes. haunted and, Minneapolis. And I love the idea of the city beneath the city, but you can't sleep there. And we can talk about it on the tour and you have to read the script. Anyway, it's funny. It's it's funny. I just, I'm getting really into the Halloween season this year. Really, I mean, I'm full-fledged into it, getting that stuff ready. And I awesome. just, you know, when everybody's talking about, um, you know, people don't have jobs and things like that. Like, I have a job for people and I can't find it. So I'm still looking and I'll keep everybody updated when it launches. And that is a pretty specialized kind of, yes. you know job (laughs) right a ghost tour guide is a specialized kind of job so anyway still on the lookout minneapolisghost.com you can find a place you can send me an email if you're from the twin cities and want to make some money and have some fun and hang out with weird people like wendy and i this halloween season um anyway so just wanted to get you guys updated on that and everything else going on it's been an awesome start to the fall and it makes me really sad about what's going to happen next week what wait going to happen next week, Mike. Oh, you didn't hear about the end of the world? What, what? I thought that was supposed to happen in 2012. Uh, well, I thought it was supposed to happen in 2012, too. And I thought it was supposed to happen in 2011. And <sighs> um, Now I'm going to worry about it again? Yeah. No, the end times are here, which oh, sucks because I was like, yeah. Well, good thing I'm, on, I'm leaving for vacation tomorrow. Good. You can get one last vacation. I have one last vacation. I mean, I thought you would have got the invite on Facebook for the end of the world. Dang it all. 
I always get left out of these things. Yeah. Um, but no, check this out. It's called the Blood Moon Prophecy. Okay. And this, <laughs> okay. yeah, and this has been going around. I mean, for this summer, and let me, let me tell you about the Blood Moon oh, Prophecy please do. I'm, coming up. I'm quite curious now. The Blood Moon Prophecy is a hypothesis proposed by some Christian ministers such as John Hagee and Mark Biltz, which states that an ongoing tetrad, okay, a tetrad is a series of four consecutive lunar eclipses coinciding on Jewish holidays with six full moons in between, which began in April 2014 with a lunar eclipse, is a sign of the end times as described in the book of Revelation. Oh, okay. Well, that is quite a, quite a few coincidences. That, I mean, they're really going for it <laughs> with, you know, the whole the blood moon thing and uh, that it's serving as an omen of the coming of the end times. And it's, and it's written the book of Joel. The sun will turn into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. Okay. But lunar, lunar, lunar eclipse. The sun yeah, will turn into okay. darkness. Uh, blood moon. And here's the great and terrible day of the Lord coming next week. All right. We've seen the blood moon before though, haven't we? Yes. It just hasn't been that many. Okay. Gotcha. So close to each other. And time together that way. Yeah. And so when you talk about uh, the apocalypse and you're talking about the book of Revelation, uh, verse 12 of the book of Revelation says, And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became as black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. So there's the book of Revelation, and there we're talking about the end of the world and the second coming of J.C., All right. So, okay, real quick, if you're not up on your Christian stuff and the Bible. So the idea is that Jesus came in the year zero. You know, he came the first time. So so Jesus came, uh, you know, a long time ago. That's why we have Christmas. And uh, crucified by the Romans. And then um, he said he was coming back. And when he comes back, he's coming back. You know, he uh, comes back as a lion. You know, the first time he came in as a lamb, all oh, peace-loving, okay. and when he comes back, it's as a lion. So when Jesus comes back again, he's, he's coming back for revenge. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, too. Um, you know, Jesus, sir. And the, and the thing is, when Jesus comes back, um, all, literally all hell is going to break loose. There's going to be an antichrist weird, okay. that he's going to fight. Uh-huh. You know, we have a, we can have a whole thing on the book. This isn't supposed to be just about the book of Revelation, yeah, but just yeah. to get you right. going. Uh, Jesus is going to come back. Now, the people okay. who have been good Christians, have you heard of the rapture? Yeah. Okay. So the, in, the, in the rapture, what happens? All the good people disappear. They get to go up to heaven right away. And uh, there's a TV show on HBO called The Leftovers. Okay. Okay. It's got uh, Jennifer Aniston's husband, Justin Theroux. Okay. And uh, so, and Mr. it's got Aniston. Christopher Ac- Christopher Eccleston in it, isn't it? Who played the Ninth Doctor? And uh, Christopher Eccleston's the best part of the show, by the way. But anyway, the leftovers is all about what happens in this like upstate New York town when all over the world, two percent of the population disappears. <laughs> Only two percent of the population is good. But that's the point. There's no explanation. Oh, there's horrible. no. There's no anything. Just two percent of the population just. <sighs> Snap disappears. Oh, okay. In one okay. Shot. I do. I do recall seeing an ad for that. I think. Yeah, and it, it it's a really well done show. It, it's written by the guy who um, one of the co writers on Lost. So and and I mean Lost was great. I even liked the ending. So sue me. Um, and this show is a, a little a lot darker than that because people disappear and then it's all about the aftermath. That's why they're called the leftovers. Interesting. Because it's the questions like one woman, her entire family disappears besides her. Oh, sad. You know, so why, you know, why didn't she get to go? And what's the, and what's wrong with her? And it's kind of how people deal with that. There's nothing really mystical about it, but it's a pretty good show. Uh, Justin Thoreau's got great abs. All right. And uh, talking. Yep. (laughs) And um, anyway, but the thing is, so the leftovers kind of deals with that rapture. And so does the series Left Behind. Oh, I thought you were going to say Last Man on the Planet or what? (laughs) No, Last Man on Earth is just about a virus that kills everybody. And okay, the, sorry, and left. I didn't mean to, to. Last Man on Earth is pretty funny, though, and it's a really unique show, so it's worth watching. Mm-hmm. But uh, Left Behind are these series of novels that were absolutely huge in Christian bookstores in like the 1990s. 
and they made a movie of it with Nicolas Cage last year. And it's about the rapture. And the whole book series is the rapture and the Antichrist and God versus Satan at the end of the world and, and things like that. Okay. Um, so it was a light. It was a lighthearted comedy is what I'm getting here. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, Nicholas um, Cage, and I don't know why Nicholas Cage decided to be in them because it's been, it's a... That's awesome. Yeah. And they, and they made, um, they made a, a whole bunch of movies based on the Left Behind thing that were really popular in the uh, okay. fundamentalist Christian circuit because there's a whole... There's a whole like movie circuit based on fundamentalist Christian yeah. beliefs, and like Kirk Cameron does that. Remember Kirk Cameron from Growing Pains? Oh yeah. I mean, he's a hardcore Christian now, and he makes these movies, and they make a ton of money because they gather um, like whole churches will go together to see it. Sure. Well, I mean, if that's what you believe is going to happen, then you probably want to. You probably want to see Kirk Cameron like, do see, it. Educate yourself as to what. <laughs> Potentially could right. occur, and I, I want to see Nicolas Cage do it—the man that yeah. <laughs> legendarily said, "I could eat a peach for hours." Like, and those crazy eyes just talking about God and the end of the world. Um, so that's what they said was going to happen in September. The Blood Moon prophecy is the second coming of Jesus in the fall of 2015. So that's the for real. That's for real second coming. Because I, I just feel like this comes about so frequently now. Ever well, since the year 2000 hit, it's like, well, all when, right. And that's why we want to talk about it. So, um, it Because it's not just been since the year 2000, Wendy. It's been since forever. Since time, since humans have been yeah, since we started around. Think, since we started thinking about the end of the world. Okay. Because I thought, I mean, well, I guess the big frenzy of the Y2K and everything, that was a giant, you know, oh, yeah, unleashing no, of, of things. And but, I got um, some stuff on Y2K we'll talk about in a little bit. Okay, cool. And since it's still, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, we're still pretty close to Y2K. So it's like, oh, yeah. well, maybe somebody just miscalibrated their calendar. And, you know, we're still in that, we're not in that safe zone yet. We're still, we're still in the world could potentially end any second <laughs> right. mode. It's, it's apocalyptic thinking. And mm-hmm. people have been thinking about this way probably ever since we realized that there was going to be an end of the world. Why do you think humans do that? Why is that human nature that way? I mean, is it just because of our mortality or just the fact that we don't know how we got here? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think the basic narrative, I mean, the psychology behind it is that because we feel like it's a, we want a renewal. You know, you talk about ancient legends and everything. I mean, the Vikings have the end of the world built into their mythology. Ragnarok. When, right. when Fenris, the great wolf, will come and you know, devour the world. And, and Ragnarok is the end of the gods. Like, not just the end of the world. Like, wow, Odin's going down. End. Thor's going down. Ragnarok is the big battle at the end of the world. Christ, Christians have Armageddon, the, the final battle taking place at the, you know, the Israeli city of Megiddo. Um, that's, that's, <laughs> you just made a funny face. Because <laughs> I tried to pronounce it. I tried to be like Alex Trebek. You know how Alex Trebek is on oh, Jeopardy? Yeah, he's, he's great at pronouncing things. Whenever he pronounces something in French, like I just... And his face turns into a, into a French man's face. <laughs> right. And, and so, it, I mean, since the beginning of time, we've had these stories about the end of the world and this idea of renewal. I mean, also in the Bible, there's the story of the flood. The flood kills everybody on the planet except for Noah and his wife and their kids, I think. And um, they made that movie, Noah, Russell Crowe, last year. Oh, yeah. Um, I still didn't see it. I haven't seen it either. Yeah. Just because, just, I was like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm just not interested in it. But I, I sure. mean, I like Russell Crowe because he's a tough guy and he's made oh, some yeah, good movies. Oh, yeah. He's enjoyable. And so we, they had these, this idea of renewal. And, and I think people like that. Whenever I think about the end of the world, I always think about our old roommate, Max. Good old Max. Good old Max. Who's? I mean, Max is brilliant now. He's he's a doctor. Uh, he's probably working. I think on, he always was brilliant. <laughs> he always was brilliant. But I mean, he was. He's probably in surgery yeah, right now. Right. You know, repairing someone's brain. Right. He's probably repairing someone's brain. And I remember one time he was. We were talking about something, and I don't even know we were talking about the end of the world or the apocalypse or anything. <laughs> but he he looks at me. At college. That happens. Yeah. Well, at college, you stay up all night, and it's like yeah. in the middle of a you know 24-hour James Bond movie marathon. All of a sudden, you're like, you know, Mike. Why are we here? I think, I think the end's going to happen in our lifetime. Really? I got a feeling. Uh-huh. I got a uh-huh. feeling. Well? And I just think about that. And Max is an intelligent guy. Like like we just said, he's a, he's a freaking Extremely intelligent. brain surgeon. Mm-hmm. And 
him just to be like, you know, I've got this feeling makes me think that there really is something underlying in the human psychology where we want the renewal of a flood. We want, I mean, I think about the people that I've said, like, wouldn't it be exciting if a zombie apocalypse actually happened? (laughs) Oh, yeah, that'd be great. And I'm like, no, Uh, this has terrified me since I saw Night of the Living Dead when I was six years old and I was crying and I couldn't handle it. And every time I went by a cemetery, I'm like, am I far enough away in case people start popping out and want to eat me? I had nightmares from the thriller video. There you go. Right. And those were dancing fun zombies. Right. Those are the funs, except that weird... That, remember that bald one, this real scary, <laughs> fat bald one? Like, I, he wasn't fun. He was looking for your brains right oh, on. Man. Yeah, you remember him. Oh, yeah, he might have been the source of the nightmares. But the thing is, like, I, you know, people, I've seen this on, on Reddit and message boards. People like, yeah, yeah, yeah. when that day happens, I'm going to be ready. And like, that, first of all, that day's never going to happen. Second of all, why do you want that day to happen? Everybody dies. Um, except, except for you. And then you're living in a source, you know, you're living in fear all the time. Yeah. But it's the idea of that renewal coming through. Um, so we talk about this blood moon prophecy and obviously it's ridiculous. And these guys are, you know, here, here's some of the other things associated with September 23rd, 2015. First of all, it's, it's Yom Kippur, the Jewish day of atonement. Uh, mm-hmm. President Obama is going to meet with Pope Francis at the White House. The Pope, one of the, our favorite characters. Yeah, Pope, Pope Frank. But it's, he's the 266th Pope. September 23rd is the 266th day of the year. Oh, man, whoa. And the average length of human gestation is 266 days. I'm impressed that somebody drew those three Right. Somebody really, together, like really went for that. They're like, 266? Hmm. <clears throat> it's the autumnal equinox. It's the first day of a Muslim holiday. There's a comet 67P is coming close to Earth. Somebody says that the Large Hadron Collider is going to open a portal to the under, another dimension. Like it's all this stuff about that September. Thing, let's let's face it though, that thing is is a serious disaster waiting to happen. <laughs> oh yeah, the Large Hadron Collider is going to open up a black hole <laughs> in the center yeah. of the planet, and it's all going to be gonna a mess. Vanish. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure. It's awesome. Don't get me wrong. I love the research they're doing there. And I think it's it's fascinating. But it's clearly, you know, we're all gonna we're gonna get sucked into it. Right? No, there's gonna be (laughs) we're gonna get a black hole on Earth. And it might happen next week. Or this week, I guess. Right. That Yeah. And uh, even Isaac Newton, they said, because you know, okay, let's talk about Isaac Newton for a second. Yeah. Smart dude. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. The man, I mean, him versus Leibniz, <laughs> who invented calculus first? I don't know. I mean, calculus was, was always a little much for me. Um, I only grasp, you know, it's like, oh, area underneath the curve. That's cool. The rest of it, not, <laughs> I couldn't get it. Or I, or I could, but it took way too long. So I'm like, let the smart people handle it. Why would you? Right. What am I building? Not a bridge. Not this guy. Not the calculus. <laughs> you, can, okay. you, you can handle the bridges for us, Wendy, as the engineer. <laughs> Great. I got it. But... Um, so Isaac Newton, brilliant guy. Now, half of his life, I mean, obviously the apple falls in his head, gravity, calculus. Wow, what a genius. He also thought that he could bring that genius to alchemy. Right. We could talk about, so Isaac Newton wrote just as much about alchemy and turning lead into gold and magic and spiritualism as he did about calculus. Well, a guy like that with you know, an open mind, you have to have an open mind to create the things that led to those discoveries and to those theories and that. So, I mean, I guess it doesn't surprise me that much. Oh, that's, that was a very elegant way to put it, Wendy. But you know what I mean? Like, I mean, to come up with a theory that is as outside of what humanity is used to. Right. As that, you know, like changing things so much. Yeah. You definitely would have to have a mind that's just very open to the unusual. Right. right. You figured out gravity. You might think that you can, the gravity, you figured out the most powerful force in the universe and you gave it a name. Yeah. You might think you, you could figure out the end of the world. You might think so. Yeah. So sure, pe- why not? people say that they interpret, you know, this month as one of the, uh, the dates that Isaac Newton said could be the end of the world, which he did through his biblical research and numerology and studying the numbers and how things got put together. So that's why, I mean, is when all over the internet uh, a couple months ago that September was going to be the end of the world. Well, uh, that even compelled NASA to put out a statement about it. I love it when they do that. Right, that when NASA comes in. It's, it's like it's people... It's so reassuring. People say crazy things, and then NASA comes in and is like, no, there's going to be no asteroid... No need to panic. No asteroid strike expected between the 15th and 28th of September. 
Uh, that two-week period in question will be entirely free of Earth-destroying space attacks. <laughs> but let's be honest, though. If there was one, <laughs> if the big one was coming for us, I mean... We wouldn't, we wouldn't see it. Well, I, I mean, what I'm saying is, and if NASA saw it, you think maybe they might do that just to prevent people from freaking out berserker. <laughs> well, there's a, um, there's a good, there's a good movie, uh, Steve Carell called, uh, looking for someone at the end of the world. I think, okay. I, I don't know if we've mentioned this movie before. Anyway, it's sad, Probably. but it's nice. And, and Steve and Steve Carell does a great, it's a great performance. It's just a friendship he strikes up. A relationship he strikes up when everyone knows the world is going to end in two weeks. Oh, okay. Interesting. So, um, yeah, that's a... I'll add that to the list. So you talk about how people, how you think people would act if they knew the end was coming. <laughs> looking for, looking for a friend at the end of the world is okay. uh, a movie. All right. Do that. That's good. And you said it's nice. So... It is nice. I, I like mean... Nice movies. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's... Uh, it's got a good message and I think the performances are good. And so, um, I don't know. It kind of speaks to some human themes that I enjoy. You know, what movie about the end times that I did not enjoy that ever, that I thought I was going to love. Which one? This is the end. Oh, I have not seen that yet. Okay. It's like a half an hour sketch stretched out to two hours. Oh, really? Okay. And it's, I thought it sucked. I like Seth Rogen. I usually yeah. think he's pretty funny. It, it's a comedy? Yes. It's a com- okay. it's, it's Seth Rogen, James Franco, Craig Robinson, um, the guy from Eastbound and Down. Oh, I can't think of him. Anyway, the guy from Eastbound Anyway, it's, a, uh, it's, like, it's like those actors that are all bros. You know, like those dudes, yeah. the, you always see them in together, like in Your Highness or yep. um, Pineapple Express. Like those guys, they made a movie together about the rapture. And so... Um, they play themselves in Hollywood. The good people get taken to heaven and then Satan comes and the earth is, you know, getting destroyed. And it's about how it, it's funny because it makes fun of their egos. Jonah Hill does a really good job, but it just doesn't hold together. Anyway, mm. this is the end. Disappointed. You have to, you might have to be way drunker than I was to appreciate oh, that okay. film. So I just, yeah. um, but that's a, as far as a, um, a recent like kind of funny movie about the rapture. There's one for you. Okay. All right. But so NASA coming in to say, uh, if there was any object large enough to do that type of destruction in September, we would have seen it by now. So they're and saying, you know, that, that seems logical to me. I actually believe that. <laughs> yeah. It no, would have to be a certain minimum size if it's going to be a catastrophic. It know, would have to be a global killer. Right, exactly. Yes, it's like episode fifteen. If if the listeners want to go back and listen to uh, a full episode about that, yeah, we have a whole episode on global it. killers and the asteroids that could destroy the planet. Yep, and I think we talked about asteroid day, which is another one of our favorite events. Oh so. man, asteroid day is the best, the best, and <laughs> and Brian May's luscious silver hair. Okay, when you're thinking about a guy, I, when I think of Isaac Newton, <laughs> here we go again. I think of Brian May. That's all I'm saying. Well, I have the show notes up here, and it even says right in the show notes. There's plenty of discussion about Queen guitarist Brian May's Isaac Newton-esque gray locks. Really? I've said that before. Oh, <laughs> so man. We, just, we always come back around to the, those topics that we so adore. <laughs> yeah, no, well, it's easy to love Brian May. <laughs> May's do. It's easy to love Brian May. Okay. Right. Well, I mean, okay. everybody talked about the Mayan calendar ending in 2012 and, and mm-hmm. the world happening, and obviously that didn't happen. Phew. You know? I'm glad too, because you know the last few years they've been all right. Yeah, I think I've things have uh, been on an upturn for me since 2012, so um, I I think it's good. Uh, but as far as so that's a whole thing. I mean, and there were, I mean, hundreds of hours and tens of thousands, probably millions of words written about the end of the world in 2012. And when I was a kid, I thought the end of the world was going to be in 2012. I'm like, well, the Mayans. You know, they got the, they dealt with aliens, the Stone Temple yeah. pilots, the whole thing. And you know what? Um, whoever interpreted it was completely incorrect. <laughs> Try again. Yeah. Right. Nailed it. Like they did not <laughs> nail the end of the world. So, yeah, that um, was but, a bit quite anticlimactic. But, but even before that, do you remember May of 2011? I do. Yes. There was that, that, uh, some religious leader. Yeah. Isn't predict it? something. He was, uh, he was a radio broadcaster by the name of Harold Camping. 
That's and right. He, he predicted that Jesus Christ would uh, come back to earth on May 21st, 2011, whereupon the saved would be taken up to heaven, and there'd be five months of fire, brimstone, and plagues on earth with millions of people dying each day, culminating on October 21st, 2011, which he predicted was Judgment Day, the final destruction of the get, world. How did he get so much coverage in the press? Because I think it was a slow news month. <sighs> um, but, I mean, his radio organization did a whole publicity campaign, and, and so they had a PR firm working on it. Wow. His family radio or whatever. Yeah. And also, it's the rise of social media, so everybody had something to say about it. And Timing. you know, on our <laughs> Facebook, every, half the people are atheists, so they're always chiming in with something yeah. like, listen to what this crazy Christian had to say. Sure, and sure. then, so it just got spread out. I, yeah. I was in the Wisconsin Dells that day looking around. Uh, hoping that it wouldn't be an Watching asteroid or something. Yeah. You know, making sure it's like, oh, I hope I don't, you know, like die at Noah's Ark or something like that. Like at the, I'm at a water park. I'm going on the slide <laughs> and the asteroid hits. and It's like, I'm already scared. You're just doubling down. But at least you'd be in the water. So it wouldn't be as hot. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> That's correct. I'd have a few extra seconds of pain that I could enjoy before the real end the, of the, the world. The water starts boiling. So, yeah, uh, the blood moon prophecy this week, NASA says it's really not going to happen. But we just talked about Harold Camping. We talked about 2012. This has been going on since the beginning of time. And and list of dates predicted for apocalyptic events is its own Wikipedia entry. Wow. And there are probably 150 dates listed. And they're all, I mean, they start in the year 66. Saying, oh, the final end time battle before the arrival of the Messiah, the year 66. When they were writing the Bible, they talk about the book of Revelations. When, when he wrote the book of Revelations, they thought that that was coming within their lifetime. That apocalyptic thinking is, I mean, that is baked into the Bible right there. They, it's like, well, it won't be that soon. You know, I mean, I, I, I'm sorry, it won't be, it will be pretty soon where Jesus yeah. is going to come back. He's going to take care of Romans. I mean, Jesus too. Um, there was a, it always makes me think of the sketch on Mad TV from this, like maybe 1996. And it's like Terminator 3, the greatest story ever told. And they send the Terminator back to protect Jesus. Awesome. <laughs> so it's, That's great. Uh, I think I'll, I'll look for that on YouTube and see if we can post cool. it in the show notes <laughs> because it's, it's, it's a pretty funny Mad TV sketch. About, you know, an Arnold Schwarzenegger impersonator going back in time to save. And Jesus <laughs> keeps on saying, like, like the Terminator, like, kills Judas. And she's like, no, 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 he's supposed to betray. But he will betray you. And it's, <laughs> you know, and Jesus keeps has to, he has to bring him back to life every time the Terminator kills somebody. And it's just a, it's a good sketch. And once again, Mike, we get to hear your awesome Arnold Schwarzenegger. You get to hear my Arnold Schwarzenegger impersonation. Every episode. <laughs> Pretty much every episode. Why does he come up in so many of our conversations? Because he's awesome. He he's also prolific. St- he yeah. also starred in his own movie, End of Days. Oh. 1999. It's me versus the devil. Me versus Satan. It's one of my <laughs> finest films. It's a blockbuster masterpiece. Oh. Um, and the year 2000, I mean, Y2K, think about, I mean, people did think it was going to be the end of the world. And the best part about Y2K, okay, so what's Y2K about? Well, for, for those of you that are too young to remember the hysteria around Y2K, there actually was some science behind it. It wasn't just like the tetrad of lunar eclipses and the blood moons around the Jewish holidays. <laughs> it was the fact that before the year 2000, most computers uh, only used two numbers when they were dating the years. So you know how you say the year, you say the year like, my birthday is 11 So 11 Well, after 2000, because we're in a different millennia, a different century, they, that's why they thought everything was going was gonna to screw up because they only had two digits in the thing. And they thought banks weren't going to get the numbers of reporting wrong. They thought right. the power grids would go down all because of these two numbers. And the thing, and they, that's what they call the Y2K bug. They even made a, they, yeah. there was, a, Y2K was a, a miniseries. They had well, a, it was, yeah. It was funny too, because when the new year turned over, 
I remember I had the news on because as it was turning over in the different time zones, I was mm-hmm. like waiting to hear, you know, oh, the power went out and, and just nothing happened. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Well, People partied really hard. Um, and, and there was a lot of apocalyptic thinking yeah. around the millennium. Right. And I mean, Arnold made his end of days movies and it was all about that this um, woman, Robin, Robin Wright, uh, who you can see on House of Cards now. She plays the uh, first lady. Oh. That she's going to give birth to the Antichrist or whatever at, you know, right on New Year's Day. And then Satan's coming to collect the kid and needs the kid oh. and everything to do that. And uh, Arnold fights Satan on New Year's Eve, 1999. You know, and so that's the, he's <laughs> fighting the end of the days. It was very exciting. It's wow. me versus the devil. Guess who wins? Um, I think that movie's probably uh, only, it's an okay movie, but I think it's only really notable because it contains the last Guns N' Roses song that I thought was really good. And that was? Oh My God. It's a song called Oh My God. And it's basically, I mean, everybody's gone from Guns N' Roses except for Axel, but it's the last one that I think is any, any good. So there's that. There's the Y2K, the first episode of Family Guy. The first episode of Family Guy talks about the Y2K bug. Really? Yeah, because it debuted after the Super Bowl in 1999. Oh, man. It's been around that long? Yeah. family. I mean, Family Guy's been around for 16 years. So over 16 years. So it debuted after the Super Bowl. And the whole idea is, is that the Y2K bug then, I mean... You'll have to see the Family Guy pilot. You can see it for free on Hulu or whatever. But the Y2K bug that causes nuclear uh, destruction. And then the family is the last family left alive. So, uh, the, I mean, it was all over. And, and it did cause a few problems. Okay? But not anything like people thought it was going to be. Okay. So, um, on December 28th, 1999... 10,000 card swipe machines issued by HSBC, which is a bank, stopped processing credit and debit card transactions. Ooh, bummer. Yep. And uh, so what they had to do was uh, they had to use paper transactions, like the old swipe, you know, where you write and then you like the the carbon copy. Carbon copies. (laughs) We used to have those. Yeah, we did. We used to sell CDs at shows before you could just plug something into your phone and and sell CDs that way. Um, So that was one thing. There was a radiation monitoring equipment failure in Japan, but it wasn't around any anything too scary. But in Japan, there also was another alarm sounded at a nuclear power plant at two minutes after midnight. So Japan had like two or three different Y2K-related huh. things with their nuclear power plants. Interesting. So that's terrifying. Absolutely. I mean, and they've also had, Japan also had the worst yeah. nuclear tragedy of the past, you know, five years. There were some slot machines in Delaware that stopped working at midnight. No! Yep. The horror. The yep. horror. Made some old ladies mad, I bet. Yep. The, the, the French National Weather Service webpage uh, showed the weather forecast at 0101 uh, 1900. Oh, so, sacre bleu! Yeah, sacre bleu! The, the French didn't get it right. Probably the worst thing reported was in Sheffield, UK, uh, Incorrect Down syndrome test results were sent to 154 pregnant women. Oh, my gosh. Four babies with Down syndrome were born to mothers who'd been told they were in a low-risk group. Okay. And, and they weren't. And two women had uh, abortions after they found oh out that their, uh, oh, that their babies were, um, had Down syndrome. So, like, it, it did definitely that's, do something. Yeah, that's major. It was just the dating mistake and it led to um, the computer calculating the mother's ages incorrectly when they got to the year two th- 2000. And then they used the math. So then the wrong people got the thing saying their kids were in a Down syndrome high-risk group. That's really sad. Yeah, that is super sad. So I didn't know that until I was doing research for this Yeah, I, I had never heard that. But so I'm like, I'm always like, why 2K? What ifs? Yeah, well, so it did impact lives. Yeah, so it, it scared the crap. I mean, pretty sad. But that, I mean, so why 2K? I mean, we're thinking about things in our lifetime. So just in our lifetime, we had Y2K. We had that dude in May 2011 that said the world's going to end. And he's dead now. And he kept on revising the date. And when he revised his date the second time, everybody's like, listen, old man. Yeah. Like, we don't... You've used up all your cards. We are not buying it anymore. The world's not going to... The world's not going to end. Fool me twice. The world's not going to end. We're not even going to listen to your show anymore. 
so I mean, between the millennium that and 2012, just in our lifetimes, we've had that. But this has been going on, and I'm looking at this list, and all through the Middle Ages, I mean, people were acting like the world, and they were picking out dates and everything. Even Martin Luther, the guy who started the Lutheran Church, yeah. said by 1600. He's like, no, pretty oh. much by 1600, this world's going to end. Christopher Columbus, the man that sailed to America, sailed the, when he sailed the ocean blue, um, he wrote a book of prophecies, and he predicted that the world would end in 1656. Man, everybody's so pessimistic. Didn't. We're, we're still here. <laughs> Glad about that. Cotton, Cotton Mather. Like, uh, everybody probably had to read a story by Cotton Mather called uh, The Mysteries of the Invisible World. Cotton Mather was part of the, uh, the Great Awakening of preachers in pre-revolutionary America. So we, we've had these different points in the United States of massive religious movements. And... Part of the great, I mean, Cotton Mather wrote this about all, oh, Satan, and, you know, there's, a, there's an invisible war going on for your soul and crap like that. It's pretty interesting. Um, but what was also interesting, he said the end of the world would happen in 1697. Dent. And then he revised it to say 17, like, that's the thing. This is, this is continuing. These guys keep on predicting the end of the world. The founder of the Methodist Church said that in 1836, the end of the world was going to come. John Wesley, the Wesleyans and the Methodists. And, and so these aren't people who are way outside. These aren't people who are a thousand years ago. These are people who still, they still have churches that a lot of people go to, that you probably know a Methodist, yeah. um, that their guy in charge said that the end of the world was going to happen. In 1918, the International Bible Students Association, who eventually became the Jehovah's Witnesses. Now we all know the Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah, I saw Orgasmo. Yeah, that's, no, they're oh, wait, Mormon. No, that, those sorry, are Mormons. That was, <laughs> shoot, <laughs> I was excited to be able to bring that reference. In yeah, Orgasmo. First of all, Orgasmo is a really funny movie by the guys of South Park, and uh, it's definitely not safe for work, but it, it will make you laugh. But actually, the Mormons do come into play here because they're they're the part of the um, the Blood Moon conspiracy. Yeah, or the, right. They're, they were saying how in Utah that there's been a frenzy of people purchasing survival supplies and things like that. Okay. So as Utah, obviously, is the centerhold of Mormons in the United States, the, you know, the stronghold. Mm-hmm. And um, they, a lot of them are buying into the blood moon prophecy. Well, let's let them know that it's probably not going to happen. But, Mormon friends, uh, the good news is now you'll be prepared for other kinds of eventualities right. in an emergency, <laughs> and, like and a flood. Every- Every other possible future alarm. Yeah. Like a flood or a terrorist attack. I mean, my mom took that yeah. terrorist attack stuff seriously. Yeah. Well, I mean. She, she's like, well, okay, well, the, the Department of Homeland Security says we got to have duct tape and we got to have. And so the whole list of things that they said you have to do in case of a terrorist attack. My mom went out and did that right away. Well, good for her. I mean, you know, at, when 9-11 happened, nobody, it was like, after that, it's like, anything could happen that's true you know it's best to be prepared i suppose yeah and and, i mean people already were in apocalyptic thinking mode and and they talk about apocalyptic thinking isn't just have to do with religion now we're i mean obviously we're banging a lot on religion today i mean because we got guys like jim jones and uh his people's temple uh jim jones is the guy where the the term drinking the kool-aid comes from oh okay so he brought everybody down to ghana and um, once they, once the, the, the forces were coming in for them and stuff like that, he had everybody, you know, hundreds of people commit suicide and it was horrible. And, and Jim Jones predicted a nuclear holocaust in 1967. That never happened. Mm-hmm. Charles Manson, the crazy man who uh, had his own family of like religious worshipers before. I mean, yeah. he's, I mean, he's been in jail for gosh, 40, you know, 40 some years mm-hmm. now. And now he's just known as a, you know, a crazy man. Yeah. Um, he predicted an apocalyptic race war in 1969. And uh, that's pleasant. But the thing is like all these guys, so going back to the Jehovah's Witnesses, they had several different dates where they said God would destroy other churches in the world wholesale. Church members would perish by the sword of war, revolution, and anarchy. All earthly governments would disappear and there'd be worldwide anarchy until, you know, God showed up and, and took care of it. 
They started that. The first one was 1918, then 1941. Then they predicted it again in 1975. Goodness. And so, and, and that's the thing. Like the people that bring you Watchtower are really nice. And I had some friends that were Jehovah's Witnesses and I felt bad they couldn't bring like a birthday treat on their birthday. The, but yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise they seemed, you know, pretty well adjusted and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. But if you are, I mean, you, you, you are out passing out literature for something. You are out... And we always make the joke, oh, the Jehovah's Witnesses are here. Everybody turn off the lights and hide. And the people who are into that are really into that. Right, and then if yep. somebody at the top tells them, the world's going to end. Yeah. And we're all going to die. That's a lot of stress to take on. That is. And so you think, they think the world's going to end. They're handing you some literature. They want to save your soul. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's annoying. But on the other hand, at least they're trying. Yeah, I always try to be nice to them because I always, that's what I remind myself. You know, I just say they honestly, they're actually looking out for all their neighbors, you know, (laughs) right? because they believe that's what's going to happen if if you do certain things. And so I just, you know, and they're always very sweet too. So I agree. Even even though I agree. I always, even though nobody wants an uninvited uh, visitor. No, but I'll take a copy of Watch. I'll take a copy of Watchtower. I'll take it. There's no reason to be mean about it. And this is just in a 70s, I mean, 1982, Pat Robertson predicts the end of the world. Now, Pat Robertson's still alive, still got his 700 club, you know. That's, who is Pat? I don't know who that is. Oh, Pat oh. Robertson is a televangelist. Oh, okay. So he's got a whole cable channel that his company, that, I mean, the, the Christian <laughs> Broadcasting Network, he had a show that used to be on called the 700 Club. I think the 700 Club might still be on. Okay. And, I mean, he's a fairly influential uh, religious person in 1988 he even ran for president check this out and people took him seriously he's running for president and he said he had a dream that god told him that the soviets still had missiles in cuba and people are saying this running for president and he's saying things in the modern age like we're alive like we're not able to vote yet but we're alive in this and there's a yeah. guy saying like you know god told me there's still missiles in cuba he gave me a vision and he's predicting the end of the world and people are saying like well i might vote for this guy you know, I might, I, I, I believe in what he's doing. I mean, the Christian Broadcasting Network gets millions of viewers. And, and that's the thing. Wow. I mean, apocalyptic thinking and Judgment Day has been baked in to our human psyche since, you know, we could start thinking of things. And it even happens with atheists. Like I said, we're banging on religious people a lot. But let's not forget, while global warming is a real thing and the temperature is changing... People have been saying that global warming would lead to like economic meltdown and, and it still hasn't yet. But they were like, you know, I remember 25 years ago, like in the late 80s, people were like, by the year 2005, oh, global yeah. warming will make it yeah. so that crops will no longer grow in the Midwest, in, the, in America's breadbasket. And you're like, really? Like, yeah, it's, you know, of course things are going to happen. But and people love to feel that. Yeah. When this comes down, everything's going to change. the end. And. I mean, we've started to maybe be less religious about it, as people believe less in religion. But certainly when you're thinking like, okay, it's going to be an asteroid, it's going to be global warming. I mean, water world is going to happen for real, or it's going to be an economic crisis, financial meltdown. Listen to Coast to Coast anytime. Every uh, every few months, there's somebody saying, well, you you better be prepared for what's coming. Yeah, the alarms are going off. I used to have satellite radio when I used to drive a lot. And sometimes I'd listen to Glenn Beck in the middle of the day. Now, Glenn Beck, popular guy, Andrew W.K., who's a, who's a musical artist that you and I both really enjoy. Uh, I think he's got a show on Glenn Beck's The Blaze radio. Really? Yeah, now. And it's an interesting, you know, <laughs> thing because Andrew W.K.'s... I'm going to have to check that out. Very different. But he's my um, friend. My friend, Andrew W.K. Right. And, and if you guys haven't listened to Andrew W.K., of course, we'll put a link in the show notes because he's the best <laughs> and he's super fun. Uh, we've seen him and met him a bunch of times. We opened for him. Yeah. Yeah, we played with Andrew W.K. I forgot about that. But... I just wanted to bring up Andrew WK because I still love him. Um, Glenn Beck used to be on every like commercial break. It would be for emergency food. Oh, wow. Jeez. Okay. And it would be like, are you prepared? Do you have food insurance? Are you getting, you know, these things like, are ready serious. to eat. They'll, they'll last for several years. Wow. It was all about preparedness and not just like disaster. Like, okay, there's going to be a flood. We need a week of food. It was like, do you have enough food to last for the months, you know, after some kind of oh my gosh. apocalypse? And uh. obviously, very popular broadcaster, 
the company selling emergency food made enough money, you know, to, to advertise on that program. Yeah, really. That's true. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And I, I think it appeals to a certain kind of mindset, that apocalyptic thing, because also... Oh, definitely. Um, coast to coast AM, not only do they have guys that all the time they're talking about, like, the end of the world's coming, you better be ready. The commercials are always like, when the power's out... The wave radio or whatever. Yeah, the wave, the radio and the flashlights. The Sea yeah. Crane Company makes a flashlight, right, a wind-up yeah. flashlight and wind-up radio that works in the dark. And so you can be prepared when the grid goes down. Well, um, remember they used to have TV shows about all those people who were building the fancy bunkers underground? Doomsday preppers. Yep. And I, I mean, I just thought, if that giant asteroid's coming. You want to go? I just want to, I want to just see it coming. <laughs> just kind of. Look up at it, give it a nice nod. Hey, it's been a good run. <laughs> right. And be like, I'm out of here. I mean, because how fun is it going to be being around after that, you know, after everything goes down? Not very. If I anyone's left. I, I don't think it would be very fun. And that's what you show. Like, I mean, that I think the idea of shows like The Walking Dead, and there's so many post-apocalyptic yeah. <laughs> shows now. Um, the post-apocalyptic shows are more popular than ever. Yeah. And when you see that, you're like, why do you want to keep on going? You know, would you want to keep on going? Do you think you can rebuild? Do you think anything's worth happening or anything's, you know, worth staying around for? And I think that's a big question. That is a question. So, uh, Wendy, obviously, uh, in the case of an asteroid, then I cannot rely on your emergency food. <laughs> well, you're welcome to come over and take what's, whatever's left that you can okay, find here. Thanks. So, thanks. Yeah, it's, it's all yours, Mike. Okay, excellent. Well, you drink good coffee, so maybe I'll take some of that. <laughs> The doomsday preppers and everything, is, it's a fascinating program because, you know, people believe that the end times yeah. are coming and the apocalypse is going to happen now. Do you think we're going to make it to episode 59 I believe, next week? Like, you know what? I trust NASA. I believe in the moon landing. I, I believe we should have gone to Mars way earlier than we have. And I would like to give them most of the money that we're giving to our defense contractors. I'd like to just give to NASA to go to space. Um, but I trust them. They haven't. Right. I don't believe they've lied to us yet, even though I predict we will interview somebody who denies the moon landing one time on the oh, show. Oh yeah, we should. We should definitely. It'd be interesting. So anyway, there's nothing wrong well, with being prepared for emergencies. I think that's, that's right. important. But obviously yep. my mother thinks terrorist emergencies are important. Mm-hmm. Um, and natural and I, disasters and yep, a flood. Other. If you live in California, how many friends we have live in California? Get ready a for lot. that big one. I always thought the big one was going to happen. I always thought, I remember oh. seeing a, I remember seeing a thing on the big earthquake that was going to separate California from the mainland. Oh yeah. I remember seeing that too. <laughs> on Ripley's Believe It or Not when I was yeah. little. And I, and they're like, this could happen in our lifetime. Oh, and I, they made a mini series of the big one too. And I always well, figured like, could. yeah. Oh yeah. And, it's overdue. and, and they built a, and they, they built a nuclear reactor on the fault line too. So, um, seems like a pretty good idea. Anyway, enjoy the sunshine now, everybody. Because when you're halfway into the ocean and everything's irradiated. Oh, Mike. Oh, I'm just That's kidding. They already, have, they already have to deal with the drought. They have plenty to deal with over there. I, I just, do. sometimes I get bitter in, in wintertime. I know, I do too. So either way, apocalypse, you should be ready for, you know, natural disasters. Do I think you should be ready for the apocalypse? That's up to you. I'm going to choose not to be. All right. Well, before that all happens, I recommend everybody check out othersidepodcast.com slash 58 for today's show notes on the episode. Yes, definitely. And also, um, at the time this is published, which will be Monday the 21st, I will be in Barcelona, Spain. So if you uh, know of any cool things to visit there, send me me a tweet. At Sunspot Wendy and let her know the fun things to do in Barcelona. That's right. And, or no, Bartho, the, the whole idea is that the Castilian Spanish mm-hmm. has the C with a TH, right? Right. It's so, yeah. Barcelona. Mm-hmm. All right, Barcelona. working on it. Um, anyway, you know, uh, 2012 has always been, in, in my mind, very symbolic as the end of the world and something that people were always putting into our heads as kids. And, um, and we see they're still doing it even today. And so we have our own song about apocalyptic thinking called 2012. Sounds the end. The fault lies not within our stars. This is the death rattle of the condemned. Oh, 
This is the whimper that sounds the end. Thank you for listening to today's episode. You can find us online at othersidepodcast.com. Until next time, see you on the other side. Oh, you didn't hear about the end of the world?